I want you to turn to Genesis chapter three. I'm gonna look at two familiar uh, verses out of this chapter, two or three verses, but uh, then I'll be looking at some other portions of scripture that for time's sake, I'm not going to read all of those tonight, but I hope that you brought something to jot down the passages of scripture that we'll be looking at so that you can read that in your devotion time for the remainder of this week and that it'll be an encouragement to you. Genesis 3, it deals with the fall of man and woman into sin. And we find in verse 6, and when the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eye and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. I think it's interesting to note that she took of the fruit, she ate, gave unto him and he did eat. Because of that, we get to the place when you get to verses 14 and 15, really beginning verse 13, the, the Lord is talking to the serpent, which is the devil himself, and he puts a curse on him. Then in verse 14, he clarifies what that is, because then the Lord said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field, Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And here's the focus. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Underline the two words, the woman. And between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head. Underline the two words, thy head. And thou shalt bruise his heel. The focus that I had is the woman. The Lord said, you always remember two things, devil. You remember the woman and you remember your head. Really was letting the devil know that the crushing of Satan would come about in a way that he would then damage his life and destroy his power by crushing his head. The woman, thy head. Now, at first when I read that, uh, I've, I've read it so much, and you have too, that it didn't seem like there was anything unusual that stood out about it until I, I started marking the passages of scripture, and I don't have time to give you all the passages of scripture, but since all of this started with the woman, God says you think you won by really deceiving the woman who in turn turned to her husband Adam and gave him also. But the same victory, Satan, that you think you won through a woman, I want to win the victory over you through a woman. Because through the woman will come the seed and through that seed will come your demise. So it started the wheels in motion. And I, I couldn't help but notice, have you, has it ever caught your attention through the Old Testament? How many passages of scripture, when it deals with a woman that is used in a way of wisdom and strength 
for the glory of God and an enemy is overcome or stopped through the hand of the Lord on a woman, that he always stopped the enemy by doing something to his head. Strange, isn't it? Well, you say, preacher, where's that at in the Bible? It's all through the Bible. For example, 2 Samuel chapter 20, the entire chapter deals with the account. That, that, that's the chapter that by the time you get to that chapter, Absalom is now dead. He's out of the picture. David has come back to reestablish his rightful place as king and to reign again. And when he comes to reign, of course, the two tribes of Judah was supportive of him. The other 10 tribes, they weren't pleased by that action because they had backed Absalom and now Absalom is dead and they didn't get who they wanted. And because they didn't get who they wanted, they did what everybody else does. They started planning and scheming and plotting to try to somehow overthrow David and they found the perfect man, a man by the name of Sheba. And Sheba could tell the unrest that was there. So Sheba started trying to build that. And when David heard of the potential uprising and overthrow that Sheba wanted to have by trying to get the 10 tribes to come against David, David turns to Amasa and says, I'm gonna give you three days. I want you to go, I want you to find Sheba, I want you to destroy Sheba and stop this uprising. Basically, that's the gist of it. Well, for some reason, Amasa refuses to do it in three days. He starts to delay. And David had made it very specific. He gave him a three-day time limit. Uh, does that sound familiar to me and, and you, to the destruction, how there was a time limit of three days? He said, this needs done in three days. And when he refused to do it or hesitated to do it, he turns to one of his leaders, Abishai, and he commands, Abishai, you go, you find Amasa, you take control and you stop this. Joab comes to, to the leader that he has sent out now and he says to him, if you're going to go and, and replace Sheba, I would like to go because you remember what happened to Joab. Joab is a cousin is a cousin to this individual. And he comes together to Amasa. And he comes together and he says, I'm, I wanna be part of this. So he takes his journey. They finally get to the place where he catches up with Amasa. Joab greets him and he's not finished the job. So to his cousin, when he greets him, he bends as though he's going to give him a kiss, but he has a dagger in his hand and he thrusts it in him and takes his life. And immediately he allows Joab to lead the way to make sure this uprising of Sheba is taken care of. So Joab starts traveling to find Sheba. He hears that he's 25 miles away in a little village called Abel. So he starts to go to Abel because he's there to get Sheba. And when he starts, the people in Abel hear that they're coming and they know that, that it means he's going to storm the city and going to destroy everyone there. Joab, he, he took no thought of life. It didn't matter who they were, man, woman, child. He was on a mission. He was going to crush them all, not just Sheba. 
a woman. We don't even know who her name is. She comes out to greet him. And she says, I live peaceably. And I've come to ask you, why would you destroy or swallow up the Lord's inheritance? The Bible says she was a wise woman. Why was she wise? Because when she asked the question, she first stated, I live peaceably, which tells me she probably was a godly woman based on one thing. Deuteronomy 20 had a law and God said that any time that they surrounded a city to besiege it, to go in before that they would ever destroy the city, they were first commanded to try to somehow make peace with them and to get the leaders to surrender. But instead, Joab was gonna go in and just destroy them all. And when she asked that question, she really used the word of God against him and ask a question that he had no answer for. Don't you hate it when someone does that to you? It's, it's, it's right, you know that it's right, you know that they're right, but you've got your mind set on it because it just feels so good to be able to get the revenge that you want and then somebody blows it for you. That's exactly what happened. This godly woman said, so you're going to swallow, you're, you're going to destroy all of these people over one man? She said, this is what we'll do. We'll get Sheba and we'll, I, what I love about the Bible, it's plain. We'll catch him, we'll find him in the city, we'll cut his head off and we'll throw it out, cast it out to you over the wall. So you have a witness that he's dead. And if you'll give the agreement, then you'll retreat. Well, that's exactly what they did. They cut his head off, threw it over the wall, and then Joab sounds the trumpet and they retreat and let the people live in peace because they didn't destroy the city over one man that was hiding there. I wonder as the enemy watched that, the devil watched that, and saw his head lying on the ground, I wonder if the Lord didn't say, remember, the woman, your head, my victory. By the time you get to Judges chapter four, we read another account in the word of God. Judges chapter four uses a woman by the name of Deborah. And Deborah is approached because Sisera has become the captain of the army of the king of Canaan. And for 20 years, they have tortured God's people. And finally, Deborah is approached. And, and when she's approached by Barak, Barak says, I wanna go after him, but I don't know. She's the woman of judgment. And with wisdom, she says that you can go after him. And, and she, starts to, she starts to tell him the way to go and, and to catch Sisera. And God intervenes and Sisera is trapped and they're losing the battle as 10,000 of them come down on Sisera's army. And Sisera runs like a coward, the man that's done so much to destroy others. He runs to a place and a lady, a woman meets him by the name of J-L, J-A-E-L. And J-L says, turn in with me, turn in with my husband. 
an eye to give him protection because they're seeking to take Sisera's life. Sisera turns in. She covers him up with a mantle. He says, I'm thirsty. She gives him milk to drink. He's so weary from the battle and he's so tired that he's now covered over. He feels safe. He's in the house of Jael. She's invited him in. And he falls asleep. And just before he falls asleep, he says, should any man come to the door and ask if a man is here, you tell him no. He falls asleep and J.L. starts thinking. If he is running, somebody is pursuing. And if somebody is pursuing and he's in my house, I'm on the wrong side. So she takes a tent nail that's used as a stake. And while he's sleeping, she takes that nail and drives through his temple all the way through and fastens his head to the ground. Needless to say, the Bible ends by saying, and he died. (laughs) By the time they arrive and they're looking for Sisera, by the time that they get there, she now invites them to come and see. And there he is with his head nailed And I wonder if the Lord said to the enemy, remember what I said, the woman, your head, my victory. You go forward just a few chapters to Judges chapter nine and we read about Abimelech and Abimelech, he was absolutely ruthless. In fact, at one point, he deceived 70 of his own kinfolk and killed 70 of his relatives. He was ruthless in every way. He starts a slaughter as he's going out, coming against against everyone that he possibly can. He's now got an evil spirit on him. All he thinks about is destroying lives and destroying others and he goes out. Finally, he comes to Shechem. When he comes to Shechem, the people of Shechem, they, they retreat into a temple of a false god. When they retreat into this temple, a thousand of them are inside and he gives the command. He sets the temple on fire and kills a thousand of them. You would have thought that would have been enough, but you'll read on and you'll find out that he moves on to the next city. He goes to Thebes, T-H-E-B-E-Z. And when he comes to Thebes, the Bible says that they have now heard of the fire and the thousand that have been killed by the fire. They know how ruthless he is. They know that he's killed 70 of his own kinfolk. They know that he won't respect their life. So they flee into this large tower. The entire city is inside this tower. And as they're inside this tower, it worked before. So he says, Let's go to the door and set the tower on fire. But when he comes to the door, there is a woman, we don't know her name. She looks down and she takes a piece of a millstone and picks this piece of a millstone up and drops it on his head. It doesn't kill him instantly. But he looks to his armor bearer and said, would you thrust me through lest it be said that I was slain by a woman? And he did it. I wonder, as Abimelech is lying there on the ground with his head caved in, 
and life gone from his body. If the Lord didn't say to the devil, look, a woman, his head, my victory. What, what could we say about Esther? You remember Esther, there was, such a, there was such a terrible hatred for the Jews that Haman hated the Jews, devised a horrible plot, had the king, the leader, sign on to a decree that he didn't even realize what he was signing it. Then he realized the jeopardy of all of it and he put the entire nation at risk. That was a point in time where the, the Jewish history could have stopped right there. But there was one thing that the devil never took into account. It's the same thing that that he never takes into account. He might have thought that he could overcome every Jewish person that was alive, but he could never overcome God. That's what the devil never takes into account with you and I. He'll look at our weakness, he'll look at our inabilities, but what he'll never see, there's somebody bigger and greater than us that's living on the inside, that has control and is able to do all things. So God raises up Esther. She knows that he has a particular hatred for Mordecai, her relative. Haman had gone so far as to build the gallows to hang him on. But finally, the king is made aware of the evil plan. And the king and those under his authority wind up taking Haman and hang him on the very gallows that he built to hang God's people with. I wonder if the Lord didn't look at the devil and said, see his head hanging in the wind? See the woman? See his head? See my victory? The Lord made this prophecy but it didn't come to pass immediately. It didn't come to pass in a moment of time. He gave this prophecy, but all through that time, 4,000 years passed, but through that 4,000 years, and I could give you passages of scripture in, in the Psalms and other places where the Lord defeated them by their head over and over again. It was the same thing, the same thing, one time after another. It would happen time and time again, but just because it didn't happen in the time that they thought didn't mean that God wasn't going to keep his word. 4,000 years passes, and a Along comes the woman, a virgin by the name of Mary. And in Luke chapter one, we read where the Lord sends an angel unto Mary and said, thou art highly favored among women and said, thou shalt conceive as a virgin and shalt bring forth a son and his name shall be called Jesus and he'll save his people from their 
your sin. It seemed like an impossibility. But along comes this child at the age of 12. He is now confusing the wisest minds in the city and them saying never a man spake like this man spake. By the age of 30, he's performing miracles and the lame are walking and the blind are seeing and the deaf are hearing and people with all types of diseases are being healed. The dead are being raised. The water is turned to wine. He walks on the water one miracle after another. But the devil didn't worry. He's just a man. Why worry? Then the day came. They falsely judge him. They beat him. They crucify Jesus. And I believe the devil and every, every demon from hell rejoiced. The prophecy never came to pass. But there on the cross, as the blood streamed down, there was Mary. And I wonder if the Lord said to Satan, see the woman, see the seed. It's time for you to be crushed and your head stopped. And suddenly he hears the words from the cross. It is finished. What Amasa couldn't do in three days, the son of God did. He conquered the devil, death, hell, and the grave. Swept down off the rugged cross. Used it as a golden chariot to go down into the regions of the damned knocked at the gates of hell and when the devil answered the door, he said, I'll take the keys of death and hell. He rose victorious from the grave. And now when the devil comes to us and says God won't do what he said and the promises of God are not sure and you can't depend on the promises of God, all you've got to do is show him the woman and remind him your head was crushed when Jesus died on Calvary and rose from the grave. God used that woman, that virgin, to bring forth a son that had all power to conquer everything, our sin, our wrongs, to turn things around. I know how bad this world looks, but when it gets really bad, in your prayer time, you ought to remind the devil, there was a woman, her name was Mary, and she had a son, and his name is Jesus, and he's King of kings and Lord of lords and he has ruled and put all enemies underfoot and the last enemy that shall be destroyed is the enemy of death. The woman, thy head, her seed. I think sometimes if we're not careful in this age we're living in, we can get too far away from the simplicity of the Bible 
and forget. Jesus makes the difference. Nobody was ever born like he was born. Nobody ever died the way that he died. Nobody ever rose from the grave the way that he did. And by the way, in Revelation, we read where the beast, the dragon, they first try to grab the dragon by the tail. That's not the right place. He says, grab the dragon by the head, by his mouth. You know the devil will talk back to you. You try to do anything for God, the devil will talk back to you. He has a way of making it sound like it's legitimate, but he doesn't have the final say. There was a seed that came from the woman that crushed his head. 